The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women 2. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Calling all men. It's now your time for your show with your coach, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's a show where men can be men. Now here's the coach who has your back, Linda Gross. Welcome, everybody, to the Men's Advocate Show. We're so happy to have you here today. Um, unfortunately, yesterday we had some technical issues, and we weren't, be able, we weren't able to hop on, but we are on here not now, and we're going to be talking about guns today. All right, so um, you, if you just joined us, this is the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. This is a special date and time. We normally uh, can be heard on every Wednesday 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. So you'll catch us there in future weeks back on Wednesday. So this is a special uh, date and and, uh, time. All right. So um, if you happen to have missed last week's show, we were talking about poker, um, the professional gambling lifestyle with guest Todd Wattellis. Uh, he was the World Series of Poker bracelet winner. You can listen to not only that show, but any show, any and all shows that you might have missed on our archives, on our, on uh, on demand. You can go to our TuneIn app um, forward slash Linda Gross. Just Google uh, TuneIn app uh, forward slash Linda Gross, and you can see my whole library of shows. All right. So today we're talking a little bit about um, about uh, guns, and uh, the topic name is called Straight Gun Talk. We have two guests that are coming on today, Craig Deleuze, who is a well-known uh, writer, actor, public speaker, and media commentator in the Sacramento region. He has also appeared on ABC's Nightline and has done commentary and analysis for local NBC CBS, ABC, and Fox affiliates. He has also hosted local uh, radio and talk shows and has been uh, the subject of several articles on Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, and the Sacramento Bee. Um, He is a communications director for the California Association of Federal Firearms uh, licensees, otherwise known as Cal FFL, and the state's largest association of firearms retailers and manufacturers. So he's going to be uh, joining us in just a moment. All right, and then my second guest is going to be Wesley Morris. He's a world history teacher at Taft Union High School. Um, all right. Taft Union High School in Taft, California. He also owns 10% Firearms in Taft. He, uh, he is on the Cal Guns Foundation Board and Cal FFL Board. Uh, Wes earned his Master's in Education from the University of uh, Laverne and a Bachelor of Arts in Poli Sci from the University of California in Los Angeles. So those are going to be my guests. And uh, Sean, would you let me know when you've got them connected and we'll... We'll break away and and start the show with them. Okay, awesome. All right, so uh, let's talk about this. Why are we talking about this topic? You know, I think a lot of people just see this topic as guns and gun control and making more laws um, about guns and to restrict the use of guns. And I think the topic really has nothing at all to do with that, that issue. Um, I think the powers that be are doing whatever they can to take away our rights. And the best way to do this on this issue is to affect women. 
Why is that? All right, so generally speaking, it's because most women are uh, emotional and they think gun laws will prevent deaths and women don't really care. I'm sorry? Okay, thank you. Um, I think uh, most women really don't care about politics. Uh, they don't care about reading up on the Constitution. They don't care about gun laws. All they see are the stats with the aftermath that who got shot, who got killed, what horrible uh, event took place. That's what they're looking at. So, um, you know, the media is presenting this issue to you in a very biased way. And that biased way is to uh, get emotion out of people, to get emotion out of women. So, you know, 50% of the population will object to, um, you know, having loose gun laws. So that's the main, <laughs> that's the main deal as to why this is uh, going on. And I think women don't really care about the constitutional cost of their decision. There was a meme that was going around a couple of days ago uh, that's, you know, I. As everyone knows, Hillary Clinton is, you know, anti-guns and so forth and wants to restrict gun laws even further. And so someone asked her, look, how about we just disarm all of your Secret Service people? How would you like that? Oh, no. Then it's a double standard. Like, don't take the guns away from the people who are protecting me. So what is the intent of the Second Amendment? So the Second Amendment is not just to protect our, our uh, land from intruders like it was back in the day a couple of hundred years ago. The intent of the Second Amendment is to overthrow oppression. Yeah, oppression. So our forefathers crossed the ocean with great hardship and they created a constitution that would give the people rights if the government got too powerful and rendered the country in a state of tyranny. So that's really what it's about. Uh, that premise really hasn't changed in over 200 years. It's not about how many you know, guns there are or um, how we control them, although we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. But it's more to protect our rights in the event that our government gets out of control and, um, you know, gets out of control and we need to take action against people who are, you know, who want a dictatorship, all right, and that the people no longer have any rights. Um, Craig, uh, do I see that you're on board now? All right, so why don't we take a quick uh, station ID now and let's try to... Um, uh, fix this issue when we come back. We'll be on with my two guests with regard to uh, these gun experts. We'll see you back in the break, after the break. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Do you have a business or are you thinking about starting one? Do you have contracts, leases, and other documents that need legal review to ensure you are protected? If so, contact the law offices of Michael W. Brown for assistance. With over 20 years experience advising clients on business matters, they provide practical legal advice to help you succeed. Their goal is to give the right answer for you, not just the legal answer. Initial consultations are always free. Visit mwb-law.net or call 949 936-8128. That's the law offices of Michael W. Brown. 949-636-8128. Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. 
tackle relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with the Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross. On KMET, 1490 AM, Smart Talk. Welcome back, everybody, to the Men's Advocate Show. You're listening with uh, Linda Gross. Um, we are going to welcome my guests, Craig Luth and Wesley Morris, in just a moment. We were talking just before the break the intent of the Second Amendment, which is to protect our um, to pr- protect our country from tyranny, from dictatorship, from the government getting too big, and uh, <laughs> you know having their way with us. And it seems like all the the, the media attention that this topic has been getting, really, you have to look deeper than that because what the media is feeding you really is not the issue whatsoever. Um, I think that the original intent of the Second Amendment still stands. I think, um, you know, since 9-11, there are uh, loopholes in our Constitution and uh, an, um, an incident like non 9-11 takes away uh, the citizens' rights because, oh, now they can declare a state of an emergency, so parts of the Constitution are nixed by that action. Um, with that same vein of thought, they are trying to also strip, strip away our rights. The issue goes way beyond the Second Amendment, but they're trying to strip away our rights and gain the powers that be. They're trying to gain more control over their citizens. One great way to control the citizens is to disarm them. Um, in fact, Hitler's famous quote says, to conquer a nation, first disarm its citizens. So if they take away your rights to have a gun, by the way, taking your, your, your right to have a gun does not decrease uh, crimes with guns. And uh, we're going to talk about the statistics on that as well. So, um, you know, they're trying to... F- they're trying to make this issue be something that it's not. And that's also a very famous quote, um, which says, if you tell a big enough lie and tell it frequently enough, it will be believed. And people actually do believe certain things that the media gives them. In fact, I was looking at some of the statistics. Um, In the last five years, uh, crimes with guns have actually gone down. Um, so, but they're not revealing that fact to you. And actually, there are 32,000 deaths a year in the U.S. Um, from guns. Now, the part that they're not telling you, and this is, uh, you know, like FBI records that I got this from, the part that they're not telling you is that of that 32,000, 60% are from suicides. That's 19,000 people are from suicides. So that's a pretty huge number out of that number. They're not revealing these stats to you. No, they're all, they're only making it sound like, you know, it's, it's the, uh, school shootings and the movie theater shootings and, oh my God, we're in a state of panic. We're in a state of terror, just like 9-11. And it's to strip away our constitutional rights as a citizen. So the rest of the stats are 3% are accidental deaths. 4% are justified, 33% are homicides, that, that comes to 10,500 people, and 80% of the homicides are gang-related. They're not telling you that either. 
So what this means is there are 1,712 deaths in a society of 312 million people. So the chance that you're going to get hit by a gun, providing that you're not in a gang, is pretty small, or providing that you want to commit suicide, is really small. So they're just giving, the media is just giving you what you guys want to hear to create a panic, to have everybody up in arms and talking about this issue. All right, so let's bring on our guests. Um, we're going to talk to uh, Craig. Um, Craig and Wesley, chime in on on uh, some of these stats. What do you think about them? Well, you, you, this is Craig Deleuze. Well, first of all, I'll say this. I just recently did an interview with uh, Australian media, a show called The Project, where, you know, they wanted to talk about, you know, violent crime statistics and how, you know, how bad, you know, how good it's been in Australia since they banned, basically banned uh, the ownership of, of handguns. And what's been interesting is that actually after their ban in the mid-90s, Violent crime went up in every area. In fact, it went up with uh, uh, robbery. It went up in the area of unarmed and armed robbery, sexual assault. Even in the case of murder, it went up. And even if you look today, their crime statistics are still just as high as they were before they banned guns. Even their suicide rate. Now, this is what's interesting. Their suicide rate just hit a 10-year high. And that is without, and that is, I'm sorry, that is including the ban on guns. So the real issue here is not gun violence. The issue is violence. And just some people are choosing to, use, to utilize firearms in other countries where they don't have access to it. Guess yes. what? They're still committing violent acts. Well, and you also got the, you know, recent San Bernardino shootings where we've got all this progressive gun control in this state. And it didn't prevent the shooting. I mean, basically, criminals ignore laws. That's what makes them a criminal. And, you know, you can play the stats however you want. You know, the people have a right to keep their arms, to protect themselves from criminal element, as well as from tyrannical oppression. Yes, that's absolutely right. So, um, actually, uh, you know, I agree with you, Craig. The studies have shown that in countries where they countries or states where they take, make the laws more strict, the crime goes up. <laughs> make the gun laws more strict, the crime actually goes up. Another name for a gun-free zone is a target-rich environment. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, first of all, take a look at all of the mass shootings that have taken place in recent years. They've all taken place either in, either in areas where there's significant restrictions on firearm ownership or the ability to carry, uh, or in, in specific areas like schools or uh, military bases where, once again, it's, it's highly restricted in terms of where a firearm can be. Individuals who are looking to inflict as much damage as possible are looking for places where there will be the least amount of resistance. And the places where there will be the least amount of resistance gun-free zones. You look at where murder rates tend to be the highest. It's in communities that have real strict gun laws, gun laws that, that basically prohibit people from being able to exercise their right to keep and bear arms. And th there's absolutely positively uh, no statistics that bear out anything other than that being the case. And one of the other things that we found is, is that if you look at even though firearms uh, sales have increased significantly over the last seven years, you've seen not just violent crime or violent, uh, violent crimes go down, but you've seen crime in general go down over that same period of time. You know, in, in the, I'm here. The mo oh, there you go. You know, the most important thing that we can do is to keep having these conversations and keep talking. It's, and even for those people, there might be a lot of your listeners who have, who have, who have not yet chosen to exercise their right to keep and bear arms. But here's the thing that I realized even before I bought a gun. I knew that I was protected by that Second Amendment. One, I knew it was my right, but I knew that just the very fact that someone did not know whether or not I had a firearm in my home, it, it protected me. That right protected me. The other thing, and when it specifically, I think when it talks about the, the, the point of the militia, that's a responsibility that we have not just to protect ourselves and our families, but to protect our neighbor. 
And, and that is, I think, the responsibility of every individual who does choose to exercise their right to keep and bear arms is to understand, is to understand that you have that responsibility for your neighbor, but also for your neighbor to understand that they should be able to depend on you in that case. Absolutely. Okay. So what do you guys think about um, having a, a law on a federal level, the requirements for gun purchasing? Why is it like different in every state? I, I really do think it needs to be a uniform law that all states have to abide by the same, um, you know, by the same rules. Um, the, the interesting thing is, I mean, you've got federalism where the states can make their own laws, um, you know, and, and it's interesting because you've got states like California where they constantly are infringing upon our rights, constantly asking for more and more and more. You know, there's a ballot initiative that's about to go on the ballot, and, you know, they're not satisfied with what they have. They always want more. And we've got the Constitution that protects our, you know, right to keep and bear arms, but the states, you know, it's up to the people to stand up to the states and say, hey, what you're doing is wrong, and, you know, basically through the, the judicial process of trying to stop them. Um, you know, it's, it's a tough call because that is the nice thing about the federal system is you do have different states that can make different laws. It'd just be nice if they would respect everybody's rights. Um, my possessing firearms does not infringe upon other people's rights. I can have any kind of gun I want, and until I violate a law with it, it in no way, shape, or form violates somebody else's rights. So for them to say, you know, oh, well, you don't need this type of gun or this type of gun, just seems so absurd when my guns aren't violating people's rights. Leave my rights alone. It would be nice if all the states recognize that, you know, and, you know, sadly here in California, they don't. And... So it is nice, though, to be able to move to other states where they get it. And they say, hey, you're responsible, you have what you want, we're going to largely leave you alone. Right. So uh, California has one of the strictest gun laws uh, in the nation. So if you're a gun owner in California, um, here are some of the rules. You must pass a universal background check no matter where you buy your gun. You must wait 10 days to receive that gun. Um, and that's, that's to give law enforcement enough time to do a background check on you. Um, you have to get your gun micro-stamped, which means that the make, model, and serial number of the gun is transferred to each cartridge case every time the gun is fired. Um, and again, actually, that, actually, that's not the case. That's just for new, new, for new firearms to be added to the roster. They yeah. have to have that, but not every, not every gun has to have that. Oh, so if the gun is already in circulation before your time, it does not need to be micro-stamped. Is that what you're saying? If, if it's any new model, in order for it to be, in order for it to be California legal, that's one of the things that. It, it, let me take a step back. Every every new model of firearm has to be listed on what we, we have this thing called the safe handgun roster. These are these are firearms that have been sent into the Department of Justice. They've been tested to make sure that they are safe. And every year, the manufacturer pays a $200 fee to make sure that that gun stays on the safe handgun roster list. Now, no firearm, at least as far as I know, has ever been tested to be unsafe. But yet, there are a number of firearms that have all been listed as unsafe that previously tested safe because the manufacturer didn't pay the $200 fee or chose not to pay the $200 fee. New firearms, they've added new requirements, and one of them being micro-stamping, which, by the way, is a technology that does not, that, that, that has not, that no one is doing, um, that basically uh, has to be on any new, any new handgun in order for it to be added to the safe handgun roster. Now, the problem with that is this, is that major manufacturers like Smith & Wesson and Ruger have already said they're not going to do that. So basically, there are going to be no new semi-automatic handguns uh, manufactured in the state for the state of California. So we're we're basically going to have to all buy used, uh, used or older model handguns. So while the rest of the world is is watching flat screen TVs, we'll still be watching tube TVs. <laughs> That's funny. And, and this is what frustrates me with you know the the anti civil rights agenda. Uh, you know, well. You should be agreeing to this common sense legislation. It's incremental, slippery slope. They started the roster. The whole idea behind the roster was to get rid of Saturday night specials. These are cheap um, handguns 
that basically were used the majority of crimes because they're cheap, they're concealable, and you know that's what was being used in crime. California came up with this roster to try to restrict those guns. And so they said, oh, well, it's a safety issue. We need these guns to, to pass the safety test, but they're not safe for consumers to have. Every single one of those guns passed the safety test. So basically guns inherently are safe because if they blew up in your hands, if they went wrong all the time, you wouldn't buy them. You would sue the manufacturer, which you can still, you can still sue manufacturers if they make a faulty gun. So what they did is they basically said, hey, now, now that all those guns have passed, let's add new layers to this law. Now you have to have a loaded uh, chamber indicator or a magazine disconnect, which are silly little items that if you're following the four rules of gun safety, you don't need on your firearms, and they can actually, actually decrease their efficiency when you need it in an emergency. Then they got smart and realized, okay, let's make it to where you have to have both of those items or your gun won't be placed on the roster. Then they said, let's make micro-stamping available. And so what I'm finding is that basically they keep coming up with new laws. There's never enough laws that we are supposed to compromise to and we are supposed to agree to. It's always them taking, 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 and we get nothing back. And Craig's absolutely correct. No new semi-automatic handguns will be placed on the California roster until they have micro-stamping technology. One company did. They went ahead and made a smart gun, and it was a little different. It, was, it wasn't the micro-stamping, but it was going to be, you know, where basically only the authorized user could, could make it. Huge backlash against that company. People that are shooters don't want that technology because it's not effective, it's not efficient, it's not necessary. There's many other ways I can responsibly store my firearms, carry my firearms that don't involve this technology but doesn't exist that the anti-civil rights people are trying to use to restrict our rights. Well, you know, let, let's go back. Uh, let's go back. Uh, Wesley, one second. One, uh, okay. Wesley and Craig, one second. We got to go to a break. Hold that okay. thought. When we come back from the break, if you've currently joined us, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We're talking with experts Craig Deleuze and Wesley Morris. If you want to chime in on this topic, get your uh, call in. The phone number is nine five one nine two two. 3532-951-922-3532, or you can use our new Skype feature. My handle is Linda Gross1490, Linda Gross1490. We'll see you right back after the break. What's your life like right now? Do you ever wish it could change? I have news for you. It can. Blue Dragon University has easy-to-use digital blueprints that lead to instant results. Improve your weight loss goals, intelligence, career, and relationships quickly. Our simple proven techniques at Blue Dragon University will cognitively help you perform better. Blue Dragon has the key. Check us out at BlueDragonENT.com. That's BlueDragonENT.com. Let's boost your life today. Hi, guys. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, real truth about women that'll change your life forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and, if you want, to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. 
You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM. Where men can be men. Welcome back, everybody. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. You're on with my my guest today, Craig Deleuze, and also Wesley Morris. And uh, we're talking about guns, the straight talk about guns. Uh, right before the break, Wes, you were talking. We were talking about uh, micro stamping, and you said you had a couple of ideas on how to make the gun safer, both for usage and for storage not necessarily using the micro-stamping technique, but you had a couple thoughts on that. Well, those aren't that complicated. And the problem is that a lot of people have this, this ignorance and this fear of guns that, you know, if you learn the four rules of gun safety, you don't need these additional things. Um, you know, basically what they were trying to do is, is limit dumb people from hurting themselves with guns. And you don't do that by putting additional features on guns. You do that through education. And you teach people, hey, these are the four rules of gun safety. Keep, uh, keep off the trigger tail, you're ready to fire, keep a point of safe direction, and um, two all guns that are loaded, you're not going to have accidents with guns. You might be negligent, but you're not going to have these accidents. We don't need this legislation to try to make guns safer. We just need education. And the sole purpose of having this legislation is really to restrict availability and restrict our rights and they've unfortunately been successful in doing that in California. Well, you know, Wesley, I, I've had a chance to actually, you know, testify before the legislature and sit and talk with some of these folks who are proposing these anti-gun the anti-gun laws. And and here's the thing: you have we all have to understand. Number one, these are people who don't like guns. They don't like people who like guns. They don't understand the technology. They don't understand the industry. They don't understand the culture. They're whole goal and desire is to get rid of guns. And, and so with that, when they offer up this legislation, they have no idea exactly what it's going to do. They don't know what the impact is. They don't know how it affects the technology. That's why they're so mad right now and they're trying to, to ban, uh, institute a new ban on the bullet button because they didn't understand when they passed legislation saying, oh, well, you should have to, we're going to require that you have to use a tool in order to remove a magazine. Well, guess what? People went and they invented a way so that it would be easier, but you still have to use a tool in order to remove a magazine. And, and once again, because they don't understand the technology, uh, they're passing laws that in, in many cases don't make sense. And in, 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 in specific cases, violate our constitutional rights because right now Kamala Harris just did a press release where she's basically going to be uh, what is going to amount to a ban on semi-automatic rifles uh, in the state of California which is you know we're talking about the AR-15 the most commonly owned firearm the most commonly owned weapons uh, firearms or rifles in the country is what she's trying to institute a ban on which is going to amount to uh, an unconstitutional law. Right. So, um, did you say there's there's something that that removes the uh, the magazine? Is that is that uh, what's called the the bullet button? Well, what it is is it used to be that you could just after you could just take you could basically just remove the magazine after you're done firing. You could remove the magazine and put in another magazine. Right. Okay. That the magazine is what holds the, what holds the the ammunition. Well, they, they said you have to have a tool in order to do that. So uh, manufacturers started to install something called a bullet button, which is basically it's a button that you can't push with your regular finger or hand. You actually have to go. It's a, a, 
you actually require a tool in order to reach in in order to be able to press that button so that the magazine then comes out. Well, it just so happens that uh, the hole in which you would press this button in that will fit a bullet, the bullet that you usually use to shoot an AR-15. You shoot out of an AR-15. So you use the bullet, you press the button, the magazine comes out, you put in a new magazine. Completely complies with the law. So, so is the is the gripe about this button is that it then creates your handgun into a uh, assault weapon? What? No, so not, not a handgun. This is rifle. I'm what, sorry, rifle. And it could apply to handgun too. What it is is you can't have a semi-automatic detachable magazine rifle with any of the six I call them evil features. And what they realize is they're just cosmetic features that, as Craig pointed out, some politician that doesn't know about guns but knows that they, they're different, and you're not going to find them on hunting guns as much. And basically, it's a way to demonize certain firearms when there's really no difference. So one of the evil features is a flash hider. There's no real difference between a flash hider and a crown muzzle and a muzzle brake, but the flash hider is a banned feature, um, a pistol grip. And they say stupid things like a pistol grip enables you to spray fire from the hip more accurately. Anybody that knows guns, you don't aim your gun from your hip and shoot it like your Rambo in a 1980s um, action flick. You actually look through your sights to be a lot more effective. And so they ban these features. If you have a detached magazine, you can't have any of those things on your gun. So the definition of a detached magazine is a magazine that does not require the use of a tool to remove. And in the law it says a bullet is considered as a tool. So by putting this device on there, you can keep your flash hider, you can keep your pistol grip, you can have a collapsible stock as long as it's got a fixed magazine device on it or a bullet button. You can also remove all those evil features and build what's called a featureless rifle, and you can keep your detachable magazine as long as you've got a regular muzzle on the end and as long as you don't have a pistol grip. And again, this is all semantics, it's all silly. It really does nothing about the effectiveness of guns. It just demonizes certain guns where you've got duck hunters and um, regular hunters and sport shooters who say, well, I don't have guns like that, so I don't care if you ban them. But as Craig correctly pointed out, now they're wanting to go ahead and ramp it up, and they're wanting to go after the next set of guns. So they weren't coming for your hunting gun. Well, now they are. And because we continue to give, 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 we need to start standing, and we're doing that through the courts. We've got lots of good litigation pending. It just takes time, and eventually, we've already had small victories uh, on the judicial front here in California, and we're going to see some more, but unfortunately, it takes time, and the anti-civil rights crowd, their appetite is never filled. They want to move on to the next law. They want to go on to the next way to infringe upon our rights. Got it. All right, everybody, if you've just joined in, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. If you want to chime in on this topic, we're talking to our gun experts, uh, Craig Deleuze and Wesley Morris. Our call-in number is 951-922-3532, 951-922-3532. When we come back from the break, I want to talk about California's new law, the Senate Bill number 249. 249 um, that uh, talks about government mandated seizures. So we'll see you right back after the break. guys want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less linda gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men tackle relationship issues business goals conflict resolution and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back realize the benefits now go to the men's advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way that's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. 
You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases, and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. The Law Offices of Michael W. Brown gives the right answer for you, not just the legal answer. Initial consultations are always free. Save this number now, 949-636-8128. That's the Law Offices of Michael W. Brown, 949-636-8128. Thanks for tuning in to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM, where men can be men. So I want to talk about this new this new law that went on the books January 1st of this year. The Senate bill talks about if you have a loved one and she thinks that the gun owner is mentally unstable, she can report it to the court system. It goes before the judge and then he can sign an order and the police will confiscate his gun for 21 days while he undergoes psychological testing to see um, if he is unstable, sort of like the anti of the Elliot Rogers uh, situation. Gentlemen, have you heard of this uh, new law that's on the books, and what are your thoughts about it? You're referring to Assembly Bill 1134. Okay. I'm, I'm very familiar with it. Okay. Basically, th there's two aspects to this bill. The first is the gun violence restraining order, where basically uh, someone who just has to demonstrate that they have some sort of a relationship with you, a fam familiar relationship, doesn't even necessarily have to be a close one, to basically go to a judge and say, I believe this person is a danger to themselves or to others and should have their gun rights taken away. Uh, if, they're sufficient, if they're able to convince the, the, the judge, uh, the judge then issues uh, not just a gun violence restraining order, which will cause you to lose your gun rights, but it'll also issue at the same time a gun seizure warrant. So now keep in mind, you haven't been to court yet. You don't even know that this is happening. So then that then allows law enforcement to then come search your home, search your person, search your place of business, wherever they think you might have firearms, mm -hmm. to then search and confiscate your firearm. Now, Within, then after that, within 21 days, they're supposed to hold a hearing. You don't get a mental evaluation. You, you have a hearing where you likely are going to have to go get an attorney and prove that you are not a danger to yourself or to others. So basically, you've been deemed uh, guilty until proven innocent. So you've now had your Second Amendment right violated. You've had your your right uh, to, uncon to uh, uh, unreasonable search and seizure violated as well. Uh, you've also had your property confiscated. And anyone who's ever had to deal with local law enforcement, you know, after 21 days, if they've had your firearms, getting with some municipalities, getting those firearms back is a major chore. And in some cases, they won't give it back to you unless you prove to their satisfaction that you own the firearms even if they took them directly from you. And if you take too long to get them back, they will destroy them. That is AB 1134 in a nutshell. So what is the safeguard to protect um, the handgun owner from just having a crazy ex-girlfriend that just wants to start trouble and, you know, have you it's under court, court processes and, and, and uh, you know, uh, having your handgun taken away. It's a misdemeanor violation if you falsely report. If it turns out that you are being that you're being false or that you're misrepresenting the truth, well then yes. it's left with a misdemeanor. So she doesn't have to get a judge's order signed in order for the confiscation to happen? Well no, that's what happens. When they go to court in order to get the in order to get the gun violence restraining order, that's what you do. You go before a judge 
and the judge deems whether or not the information they're providing is uh, actionable enough. Now, yeah. you, you tell me what judge you know wants to be the one responsible when someone comes before them for a gun seizure warrant, and, or uh, not a gun seizure warrant, but for a gun violence restraining order. What judge wants to be the one to not grant it and then have something happen? That judge is going to, nine times out of ten, is going to side on, well, he's going to get his guns back, so we'll just go ahead and issue it. That's what's going to wind up happening. Right. It's, just, it's just as Craig said, it, getting guns back from law enforcement is a chore. You have to fill out a legger, which is a, a law enforcement a gun release request, and in many jurisdictions, they won't give you your gun back unless you can prove you owned it. I might have a gun that's been in my family for centuries, you know, forever. And there's no receipt. I'm not going to have any proof that that was great-grandpa's rifle he brought back from World War One. And so they might just try to keep your gun, or they're going to destroy it. And so it really puts the burden of proof on me. And, you know, and it's a slap on the wrist if they even prosecute the person that falsely accused me. And we already know that, you know, one of the one things Obama just said that, you know, actually makes some sense is he wants to go after current criminals with gun laws that we already have on the books, because that is not happening. There's the background check system. You have all these people that get denied for background check. Like 44 have been prosecuted on the federal level in years. And so out of thousands of people who tried to illegally buy guns, you know, so if we go with the status quo, these people aren't going to get prosecuted. They're not going to go after them for putting me through all this. Yeah, it seems like it's a really unfair law. So, um, Craig, in in in, uh, in addition to what you just said, so currently you don't have to register, like registering a car. You don't have to register your gun. So if the gun was passed down through a couple of generations, you don't have to account for it. Is that what you're saying? Well, yes, but I understand that for years there was no there was no. Uh... Back, you didn't have to go through a background check in order to purchase a firearm. And then when you did, then it was just a background check on handguns. And so we're just now getting to the point where you have the 10-day waiting period and the background check and all of that on, on all firearms. So there's no telling who's purchased what weapons from whom, when you've purchased them, or if you've inherited them. Um, there's no telling who owns what firearms. And so in many cases, it's going to be very difficult for you to prove whether or not you own a firearm or not. Um, but even with that, it doesn't matter. You, maybe you can prove it to your satisfaction. You have to prove it to that law enforcement agency's satisfaction. And I'm just assuming that if you came and you seized the guns from me, that at the very least they were in my possession and should come back to my possession. I am assuming, unless you can prove that I I'm, was in possession of the firearms illegally. You know, they That's just... They can run those guns through a stolen database. If the guns were stolen, they would know it. If they're not reported stolen, I got a receipt from you, the law enforcement agency, showing you took them from my house, but now you don't want to give them back to me because I don't have evidence that they're actually mine. That's not the way due process works. That's not the way our Constitution is supposed to work. They're violating our rights, and, you know, they don't care. And, and that's important. That's it's an important concept that far beyond, you know, just our, our Second Amendment rights, it, it totally throws the concept of innocent until proven guilty under the bus. You are now, if you are a gun owner, you are guilty until proven innocent. And that's the danger. I don't know that that's a place we want to start taking our judicial system. It is a very dangerous spot. Because your your light your rights are impaired. Well, and, and here's the thing. By the way, one of the one of the requirements, one of the the triggers for you potentially being a danger to yourself or others mm -hmm. is having recently purchased a firearm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing. Here. <laughs> yeah, because look at all those suicides. Statistics I read at the top of the hour, so I guess you are a danger to yourself. It, it just it, it once again it is insane, and it, it, it's they are it's legislation. There's you know here's the thing: there are I think there are a handful of folks who who really honestly and truly think they're doing the right thing, but largely out of ignorance. And then there are those 
who are simply looking for PR and a soundbite, and because that's the hot thing to do, that's what they're going after, uh, and that's what they're instituting. And then there are those who truly, who truly are a part of the nanny state and want to control us in every way. They want to tell us how to raise our children. They want to tell us what to eat. They want to tell us when to sleep, what kind of car to drive. And they want to make sure that they have the ability to control us by disarming us. Right. Well, I mean, we're easier as a, as a country, we're easier to control if, if we're unarmed. <laughs> you know, it's just a fact of life. That's just how it is. Yeah, because all of the criminals are going to give up their guns, too. So we should all feel totally right. safe. So let's right. see. The government and criminals will be armed. Right. I feel safer already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they make the laws so strict, people will just be breaking into your house to steal your gun that you had obtained, you know, um, traditionally and legally. You know, there's just going to be more crime. Well, it, it, exactly. And, and like I said, the, we talked earlier about the crime statistics in, in Australia and, and in a, pretty much every other place. What happens is, is criminals are look, criminals look for easy targets. And when they realize that a society or that people are unarmed, then they're going to take advantage of those people. When they realize that there's a chance that they could lose their lives or get, or, or suffer serious bodily injury, they're, they're largely in it for the money. They're not interested in getting harmed or killed. They're going to think twice before approaching somebody if they know there's a good chance that that person is armed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, along with the requirements, don't you think that someone should undergo um, a, meta, uh, a mental evaluation to, be, to make sure they are mentally fit to have a gun? I, I would I would be really kind of concerned over who would, okay so who exactly would administer this psychologist this test? I don't know who, psychologist who would, who would pay for this test um, are these going to be the same medical professionals who determine whether or not someone gets a marijuana cannabis card <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> I guess I, I guess mean, if you want to throw it in that category the, the, the devil's in the details and, and it's it's honestly it's like it's like just about every gun law the devil's in the details. And that's where I think that these lawmakers, uh, these anti-gun folks, they fool, the, they fool the public in general because they say, well, these are just common sense gun laws. But when you, it, one doesn't have to do too much, of, you, barely, barely, you barely have to scratch the surface to realize just how, how little common sense is in these proposals. Right. All right. So as we close out the show, you can reach Craig DeLuce at firearmspolicy.org, firearmspolicy.org. And I'll be posting this all on the Facebook fan page so you don't have to worry. And with regard to uh, Wesley, um, you can reach him. He is the owner of 10% Firearms. That's 10% Firearms. And I'll post his information as well. Okay, so we'll see you uh, next time. We're at a special time now, but next time, every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's the Men's Advocate Show. Um, we'll look forward to hearing you uh, at that time. Thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you next time.